We really feel, myself and my wife, Brida, Brida's a Tipperary, I had to go to Tipperary to get a wife, <laughs> farmer's daughter, I'm a true and true Limerick man, I don't have my Limerick socks on today, but uh, I follow the hurling team and uh, sad to say to you guys that we're the best in the country, <laughs> we're the best in the world. <laughs> So, um, no, we, 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 we have served in Abundant Life for, for uh, 18 years. We were on the leadership team before that. Uh, we headed up Abundant Life, and I've handed it over to a fantastic Polish man by the name of Pavel, and he's doing a tremendous work there in Limerick, continuing uh, the, the work that our former pastor, Mike Pinsent, uh, started way back in 1995. So great to be with you, and... Um, I just want to speak to you about a topic. I heard uh, this one particular sentence, and I'm going to share that in a few minutes, but one sentence that really struck me, and this uh, teaching uh, and insight and subject changed my life. It changed my perspective, changed my attitude, uh, even with my communication with people or my relationships with people. So I'm going to speak on the power of agreement the power of agreement uh, this morning. And I'm going to go to Genesis chapter 11 and verses 1 to 9. You're all familiar with this passage. Um, a lot of people, uh, you know, all over the world know about the Tower of Babel. So we're going to speak into this passage this morning. And I trust you'll go away with something that will change your life as much as it has changed mine. This, we, we're back in the period of about 130, that's what the scholars tell us, about 130 years after Noah and the flood. Uh, so the population of the world around that time was pretty much around 30,000 people on the earth around that, that time uh, after the flood, after uh, Noah. And um, th th this is where the history comes in. That's a tiny amount of people when you consider the population of South County Dublin, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. So Genesis chapter uh, 11 and verses 1 to 9. Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. Shinar is, is between the Euphrates and the Tigris River south of Baghdad in Iraq. And they said to each other, come, let's, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used bricks instead of stone and tar for mortar. We need some of these guys in Ireland, don't we, <laughs> to build the 42 to 62,000 houses that we need to house our people. Verse 4, and when they said, then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we'll be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that people, the tower the people were building. The Lord said, if as one people speaking, speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so that they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there over all the earth and they stopped building the city. That is why it is called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there, the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. May God bless his word to us this morning and may he change us to be more like Jesus. 
so that his kingdom comes on this much needy earth and to the people who dwell in it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's amazing. One, one common language, one language, one common speech. These days, we have 7,000 plus different languages. If you're from Nigeria, they have 525 different languages. Imagine that, one country. Papua New Guinea has the highest amount of languages, 851 for that tiny uh, place in Papua New Guinea. Amazing altogether. Agreement is a subject more important than many of us realize. It isn't just a word. The understanding of agreement has enormous consequences. This is the, the line that I heard from a pastor called Alan Hewitt. Uh, he was one of the leaders in the Assemblies of God at a leadership conference. He's pa he was pastor heading up the church, Hope Church in Wales. And he said this, all disagreement is an attack upon the will of God. All disagreement is an attack upon the will of God. Why is that? What's the reason behind that? Well, disagreement is so dangerous that it produces division. And division is contrary to the nature of God. Because God is three persons, three he's one God, three distinct persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We believe in the Trinity in this church. Three distinct persons, one God, and they are in total agreement. There is no discord. So that's why all disagreement is an attack upon the will of God. I'm sorry if you and your spouse have had a disagreement this morning. I'm not getting at you, okay? <laughs> you see, we have little understanding of what it means to be in total agreement because many of us have been raised in an environment of disagreement and division. Some of us in our families, we've put, put up with it or been in that environment for years and years and years. And we take it, this is a part of society. We take it, this is a part of our, our family. And then you go to government and you have disagreements in government. And I'm not just talking about the opposition. Even within the Fianna Fáil or Fianna Gael party, you can have divisions in there as well that leads, or disagreements that leads to divisions. You have it in schools. You have it in sport. I was reading the other week about uh, Bayern Munich. They played a game and they lost the game. And afterwards, inside in the, 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 the changing room the, where, where the players were, Sadio Mane, who came from Liverpool, no wonder we got rid of him, he, he punched a guy, Sane, the other guy, well, fell on his team over disagreement. Awful stuff happening. We see disagreement and division in, work, in, in work, our work situations, in our home situations. We treat it as normal. And at the same time, when you come to the church, quite often in my, my history, I can tell you division, disagreement, disagreement, division, division. Sometimes the church has, 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 we have more churches now because of disagreement more than anything else. They're not talking to each other. It's a sad thing within the church that this actually happens. I remember the, the first, I, I had a personal experience with Jesus in 1975. In 1974, I began to read the Bible. I come from Catholic background. I had prayer books, went to Mass every Sunday, but I started to read the Bible, and the Bible was very different to what I was experiencing in going to Mass and, and my religious upbringing. So as I began to read it, I, a year later, I had that born-again experience with Jesus Christ. 
And that absolutely changed my life. But I think one of the first meetings I went to of a gathering of believers, fellow believers, born-again believers, was in Limerick. And I went there, and there was a number of people outside the meeting. And I said, what, what's happening? Oh, there's a big disagreement inside. Because you had these Jesus people back in the, 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 the mid-70s, and they, they were there, and they were saying, we want to move to Shannon. And the others in that church said, no, that's not a good idea. So there was disagreement, and these guys wanted to push out and go, go to Shannon. And I thought, it was very strange. I came from the one true church, where there was total unity and agreement. And I came to the first Christian church, and here they were fighting with each other, and, and in disagreement, and division. Strange, very strange, altogether. Um, a few, few months ago, we celebrated the 25th anniversary of the Good Friday Agreement. You probably saw it in the newspapers and on TV and everything. And the efforts that were made to bring that over the line were tremendous altogether. The all-party talks on the Good Friday Agreement, started by Senator Mitchell, began in 1996, and they collapsed a year later, and eventually they got to the parties to sign on the 10th of April, 1998, pretty much three years later. And that was after three sleepless nights to get the deal signed and over the line. But agreement on that has absolutely changed the nature of society in the north of Ireland. You had later, after the agreement, you had decommissioning of arms, you had the controversial release of prisoners from prison, and it was a persuasion of the IRA to change, to, to convert from the Armalite over to the ballot box. The consequences are fantastic for agreement. Listen to what, what uh, Bertie Ahern said this on Oireachtas television. He said he was making the point of getting Sinn Féin and the Unionists in the same building was such a feat to, 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 uh, in itself. And he said this, the level of hatred was a shock to me. He said, I mean, these people had never dealt with each other. They refused to share the same TV studios, radio studios, that they had no knowledge of each other. They're just stuck in their camps. You see, the Good Friday Agreement allowed all sides to agree to disagree. Do you ever hear that? Agree to disagree. And to maintain their opposing goals, albeit through peaceful means. Agree to disagree means you're not going to argue, you're not going to keep on fighting, you're not going to oppose, but you're going to resolve a conflict in a manner where all parties tolerate each other without accepting their views. Myself and Breed are, are at the end of this year, we'll be married 40 years. And we have had disagreements along the line. And we have had, I know you don't believe that, so you don't. And... We, we, we have had to agree to disagree, even though I was right. We agree to disagree. <laughs> Somebody said, a lean agreement is better than a fat lawsuit. The first time we hear of, of disagreement in the scriptures, or not the first time we hear it, but when we read it, the, where it started at the beginning was a guy called Lucifer. And Isaiah 14 and, and Ezekiel 28, Ezekiel 28 describes him like this. It says, oh, th he, this guy has having perfection, having beauty, having intelligence, having wisdom, having power, having position, 
having, having uh, acknowledgement of, of status and, 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 and uh, gifting. And here he comes and he disagrees. And that disagreement has led to division and rebellion and catastrophic consequences in the heavens and on earth. He's described like this by Isaiah. He says, this fallen from heaven is the morning star, the sun of the dawn. And he said, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds, above everybody else. I will make myself like the most high. So he disagreed with God and took a whole load of the host of heaven. Not a, uh, what was it, a third of the host of heaven, heaven with him. If you go back to Genesis, you see that man and woman, when they were created, they were in agreement with God. They were in agreement with each other. And the beauty and the shalom and the healthiness of that, we can't even imagine that. But then we hear when man and woman lost agreement with God, when they sided with the lies of Satan, who is the liar, who steals, kills, and destroys, they lost agreement with each other, not just God. Because the next generation, you find that there are two kids. One kid kills the other. Cain kills Abel. Peace on earth is only possible when we're under God's government. For much of my early life, I feel I, I lost my agreement with God. I wonder are you here this morning, have you lost your agreement with God? Where you're walking with him, where you're hearing his voice, where he is your father and you are his son, and you're living life with God in the center of it. Or have you lost your agreement with God? If you've lost that agreement, you're in the best place here this morning. I want to just share, there are five points I want to share. This is powerful altogether. Five points on the power of agreement as regards what it is. But I'm going to share two this, this morning, okay? You'll have to come back in July because I'm coming back here in July. You'll have to hear the other three, okay? Number one, agreement multiplies strength. Agreement multiplies strength. In verse one, it says, one language and a common speech. In verse three, come, let's make bricks and let's build a city and a tower. If you want to build anything these days, it's quite easy to have division or have disagreements and have division out of that. But these guys were all together. And amazingly enough, in verse six, this is an amazing, absolutely incredible statement by God. He says, if as one people speaking the same language, they've begun to do this, to build the city, build the tower, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. God is saying this about godless people. They are not seeking God. They, they are saying in the scriptures here, it says, they did it for their, their own reputation. Isn't that what he said at the start? That they, they did it to make a name for themselves, not for God. So here, here you have these guys who are, you know, God is saying nothing will be impossible for them because he's saying agreement multiplies strength. That sounds like a promise to the church, doesn't it? But it's actually God is referring to godless people here. He's saying one person could never do alone. What one person could never do alone, people in agreement can make it happen, even if their purpose is not for good. 
Amazing stuff. Because these guys were building what's called a tower. And this tower wasn't, uh, uh, you know, it wasn't the, the, the spire you see in Dublin or something like that. This was called, uh, the, the, the experts tell us, it was a ziggurat. Not a cigarette, a ziggurat. And this was a staircase leading up into heaven for pagan with a pagan sacrificial altar at the top of it. Ziggurats were structures designed to provide stairways from the heavens down onto earth. So that this stairway wasn't for people so much to go up. It was to invite the gods of the heavens to come down. Not Yahweh, not the Lord who had saved Noah and his family. These were any kind of gods would come down, come down and receive the pagan sacrifice and then come down the steps into the city and bless the city. But it wasn't God. And I encourage you, if you have had any spiritual experiences with anybody else other than Jesus Christ, the God, the Father, the Holy Spirit. If you've been dabbling in, uh, with other spirits and that, that just opens a very dangerous area in your life. Very, very dangerous area. And all sort of witchcraft, palm reading, all that kind of stuff where you're looking to the heavens for something other to, than Jesus Christ to guide you. He's the shepherd. He's the good shepherd. He's laid down his life for you. His plans for you are for good and not for evil. He wants to give you a hope and a future for your life. And he's the one that knows it. Nobody else knows it. So don't invite anybody else. So that's what these guys were doing. You see, the product of agreement is multiplying strength. Even with the godless here, how much more will this happen with the godly when we are in agreement together? Listen, this has nothing to do with faith. It has nothing to do with prayer. You can have prayer and faith and you can accomplish little, believe it or not. Agreement without faith can accomplish more than disagreement with faith. Agreement without faith can accomplish more than agreement, disagreement with faith. Because agreement multiplies strength. The cost I look back and I see the cost of disagreement amongst Christians and amongst the Christian church has been colossal. We could have achieved an awful lot more if we had agreement. But some people stick their boots in to the mud and they don't budge in the slightest. And yet they have the Holy Spirit. Deuteronomy 32 and verse 30 says this. And you've heard this loads of times yourself. One man can chase a thousand. Two can put 10,000 to flight. You would think two would put 2,000 to flight. But it's five times more because of agreement. It's been calculated if one horse can pull 3,500 kilos and harness another horse who can pull 4,000 kilos, the total pulling power is not 7,500 kilos, but 12,700 kilos. I don't know how they proved that, but that, that, that's what they tell me. <laughs> Jesus sent out the disciples in twos, not on their own. Because that power of agreement and power of witness together. You've heard the principle of synergy. Where two things functioning together produce a result not independently available. Synergy is that working together. It's, you see it in physics, in chemistry. You see it in insects, ants, bees, animals. But sometimes we don't get it together as humans. 
that sense of where, where the independence, independence is sacrificed for the greater good of all. Ecclesiastes in chapter 4 and verses 11 and 12 says this. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. You see, that's why the enemy seeks to keep Christians from agreement. Because of the power of it. Because the, the release of heaven's resources happen when people agree together and are of the, the same mind. Because it, and and some, some Christians in particular, they can use any particular subject to dig their heels in and disagree. And sometimes they have great, absolutely great arguments. And they're nearly right. And especially if they come along and start quoting scriptures, you'll never move them from, from, from where they're at because they have the word of God. And yet they will go into disagreement and they'll say, I'm going to follow that through to division at the end of the day. I say, steer away from it. It's not God's will. It's, 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 it's an attack on the will of God. Now, does that mean that we, we go into uniformity where we're, we're not sharing our ideas or we can't be ourselves and, and bring to the party what we feel is our gifting or our insights or our wisdom? No, not in the slightest. Spurgeon said this. He says, if you tie two cats together, throw them over a washing line, they may be united, but they won't be in agreement. <laughs> You see, we have different tastes. I, I, abundant life has 40, over 40 different nationalities. That has been an incredible education for me to bring all the wealth of that together and, and, and get the ideas and get insights from different cultures and backgrounds, different perspectives, different ideas, different styles of worship, different ways of teaching the word of God. But we can still be in agreement because we've got the kingdom first, our eyes on God, and he is one, and there is no division. He is in total agreement. Kim Hubbard, Kim Hubbard the American cartoonist, said, the fellow that agrees with everything you say is either a fool or he's getting ready to skin you. <laughs> it's good to have different views that everyone isn't a yes person. That's not what we're after here when, when we're talking about total agreement. We often have to deny our own desires for the sake of staying together. When we built, we took over Smith's Toy Store. We bought Smith's Toy Store in 2015 in Limerick. And then we converted. It took, it took us about three years. And I remember the, uh, the ceiling tiles. I would have liked them like this. I like brightness. But my guys, they wanted black tiles. <laughs> they wanted meetings that were darkened down, like nightclubs. I said, oh, boy. I'm in my 60s. These guys are in... 35, you know, around that age group. And I said, I, just, I don't stand a chance here. I've got to lay down my thing and give them what they want at the end of the day. Again, it's refusing to disagree for the greater purpose of the kingdom of God. It's synergy and working together. Agreement multiplies strength. Then nothing we plan to do will be impossible for us because God is going to be with us. Number two, agreement empowers prayer. I don't know, some of you have led prayer meetings here, right? You've led, um, uh, you've facilitated leading prayer meetings. And I have done that for years and years and years. And I've been at prayer meetings where there's been agreement. 
And I've been at other prayer meetings where there's wild horses who just want to do their own thing. You'd be praying along. You say, okay, let's pray for, for the, 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 the broken marriages in Limerick. Let's pray for, 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 for the, the addiction problem in Limerick. And people are praying along there. And then somebody prays half of what has been on the news at six o'clock. And they get off track altogether. And we're not getting in, everybody in agreement. The more people you have in agreement, the better and the more release from heaven that happens. I remember at one prayer meeting, everyone seemed to do their own thing. I came home from that prayer meeting. I remember Brida always asked me, how did the prayer meeting, she wants the details of the prayer, of what happens, even at work and stuff like that. And then I came home and I said, I was wrecked. I said, Brida, the prayer meeting tonight, it was more like the film one flew over the cuckoo's nest than it was a prayer meeting of agreement and the power of God. I, you always remember the bad ones, don't you? <laughs> Listen, agreement empowers prayer. When you think of the Our Father, when you think of that prayer, it's all about us. It's about our. It's about we. It's not about I. There is no I in the Lord's Prayer. No wonder on the upper room, in the upper room on the day of Pentecost, that the believers were filled with fire and power. Because it says they were all together in one place. That doesn't mean that they were just in the one place. They were together. It says 10 times in the Greek that they were together. They prayed together. They broke bread together. They met together. They gathered together. They built together. They worked together. They were heirs together in Acts chapter 1 and verse and, and chapter 2 as well. That word together is homo tu madam which is homo, we all know that word is same, as in same-sex, homosexual, and, and homo and thumus. Thumus means mind. So these guys were of the same mind, same passion. They weren't just together in the one place. Their hearts were together. We're going to take South County Dublin. We're going to bring the gospel to every man, woman, and child in South County Dublin. And we're all together with that same passion and same mind. Acts chapter 1 and verse 14. Let's read it. Read it. These, these all continued from, from the King James because it brings out the real meaning. These are all continued with one accord. One mind, one passion in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. Chapter 2 and verse 1. When, they were, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place. Verse 46 of chapter 2. They continually daily continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house they did eat their meals with gladness and singleness of heart verse 24 of, of chapter 4 and when they heard that they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said Lord thou art God who has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them and we come to verse 31 after they had prayed the place where they were meeting was shaken because they were one mind, one accord. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. We don't find isolated individual Christianity in the Bible. We don't find it. We find togetherness. And an explosion of heaven comes amongst the believers. There's another passage in Matthew chapter 18 and verses 19 and 20. And this has got to do with church discipline. 
But you'll find that whatever discipline in society, that can be one of the most contested areas. If you're, a, if you're parents here today, disciplining your child can be an area where there could be disagreement and division. It shouldn't be like that, and you've got to make sure that that doesn't happen. But that is so, so important. So when the church comes together, because this passage talks about if your brother sins, brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault. If they won't listen to you, take one or two others along, etc. And this is what Jesus says. He says, again, I tell you that if two of you agree on earth, if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, there I am with them. There's an agreement. I'm sure Boris Johnson agrees thoroughly with this at the moment. <laughs> because here you have a committee find, exposing what, what has happened in his life. And he says, they're all liars. <laughs> they're all, there's a kangaroo court. He just doesn't agree with it. Because this, we, we remember the word together. And that's what it talks about, come together in my name, that same mind, same passion. But the word agree here is the Greek word symphonio, symphonio. And we get our word symphony from that. It means to be in accord musically, even though everyone is bringing. Roderick is bringing the bass. Uh, Blake is bringing the guitar. Michelle is singing. And, and, and Sean on the drums. Imagine if Sean decides that I want to be Phil Collins this morning. And, and Roderick wants to be status quo. And, and, and Michelle wants to sing in C. And uh, Blake wants to sing in, in D. Imagine if they all did their own thing. None of us would be... Listen, we would walk out and get the coffee early, wouldn't we? <laughs> Definitely. Because you have this total unagreement. You don't have this symphony of each person bringing their gifting in and a whole melody that all of us can sing along with. So when we sing, we sing together. And that means heaven's open, the heaven's open to us. And God comes down. He inhabits the praises of his people. Again, we don't have to be the same. We go under the conductor. Blake leads. They have trained. They have practiced to bring one accord to us. And we appreciate it very, very much, Blake and the team. Well done to you guys. Listen, let me finish with this. Jesus' famous prayer has these two things. He's, he prays, and, and Alan mentioned John 17 this morning. He prays two particular things. And you can see this, this sense of, of uh, agreement multiplies strength, and agreement empowers prayer. And here he says, there's two things he prays for. One is protection, which we need, and the other is that they may be one. One in agreement. One accord, same passion, same mind. And here he says in, in chapter 17, verse 11, I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world. I am coming to you, Holy Father. Protect them by the power of your name, the name you give me, so that they may be one as we are one. 
There is no disagreement with God. There should be no disagreement. There should be a bringing of ideas, a bringing of perspectives, a bringing of talents and giftings. But that doesn't mean that there should be disagreement because that's an attack on the will of God. In verse 15, he says, this is Jesus' prayer. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one because the evil one wants to sow seeds of disagreement. He wants to do that in families. He wants to do that in government. He wants to do that in schools. He wants to do that in marriages. Everywhere he wants to do it. And it, Jesus says that you protect them from the evil one. Because he's a liar. He's an accuser. And he brings, he steals and kills and destroys. In verse 20, my prayer is not for them alone. I also pray for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. Amen. Disagreement is so dangerous because it produces division, and division is contrary to the nature of God because God is one, three distinct persons in one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and they are in total agreement total one of one accord agreement multiplies strength agreement empowers prayer let's pray hallelujah hallelujah i had that experience with jesus christ in 1975 he changed my life i went from religion to relationship with Jesus. I walked into my work situation the following day and I said, yesterday I wasn't a Christian. Today I'm a Christian. I experienced Jesus last night. He is alive. He has taken your sin and my sin on the cross. With every head bowed this morning, with every eye closed, this is just a time between us and God. I want to ask you, are you in agreement with God? Have you a relationship with Jesus Christ? Because he's the good shepherd. He laid down his life for you. Yeah. He wants to come into your life. I always trusted myself. Up until I was nearly 20 years of age. Up until that night in May 1975. I gave away my trust to him. And he changed my life. Is that you this morning? Is this the time for you to sort of say. I'm not going to trust myself anymore. I'm going to put my trust in God and let him guide my decision making. Let him cleanse me of all my wrongdoing. Let him come into my life and be the Lord, be the guide and shepherd of my life and that I can talk to him about my decisions. I can leave, leave them at his feet and say, Lord, guide me and direct me. I've, I haven't done very well up until this point. I want to give my life to you. Is that you this morning? With every head bowed, with every eye closed. I want to lead you in a prayer if that is you this morning. Would you just slip up your hands so that I can just lead you in a simple prayer to help you connect with God and invite him into your life. With every head bowed, every eye closed. Would you just slip up your hand and I'll just pray this simple prayer. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. Wow, you may put it down. Anybody else before I pray? Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is here. Wants to change our lives. He loves us. Okay, here's the prayer if you repeat after me. Lord Jesus, you are the good shepherd. 
You are the Lamb of God. You took away my sin and the sin of the world on the cross. But you are risen. You're alive today. And I put my trust in you. I give you my trust. Will you come into my heart right now and be my Lord and be my shepherd in Jesus' name. And he comes in when you ask that sincerely. Hallelujah. That's the biggest decision you've made in your life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.